1: Welcome to the Krishnadas Pilgrim Heart Hour. In this podcast, Krishnadas shares his warm-hearted and down-to-earth path to the divine. If you are interested in supporting Krishnadas' podcast,
2: please go to BeHereNowNetwork.com slash KD. There's a question back there. Blue shirt, green shirt, striped shirt.
1: Uh, thanks. It's it's stripes. Um,
2: I was going to keep going, but yeah, we got, got. I figured I'd get it right
1: at some point. Um, I'm so glad I get to ask this because it's something I've been mulling over uh, for months now, and it's already been alluded to a little bit. Um, the practice that I'm kind of doing right now is I'm a, a new dad, and my wife and I had a child who's now almost two, and we've mentioned you know the childlike quality of Maharaji. And you've been bringing up, you know, Mickey Mouse. And this 22-month-old kid, and my my questions are twofold. First is, are you familiar with little tiny kids like this loving chanting? He wakes me up in the morning literally (laughs) pulling on my shirt saying, I want to hear Jaya Jagadambi. Uh, Um, Not Itsy Bitsy Spider. He wants to hear Om Namah Shivaya. And I'm just, is it that his mirror... It yeah. doesn't have a lot of dust on it, is sure. it? Yeah. Can you speak a little bit to that? Because uh, you, you know, you, sometime, you're, you're in our house every day all the time, even in bedtime stories. Oh, <laughs> <you. laughs>
2: yeah. Clean the bathroom, would you please? <laughs> so, uh, <anyway. laughs> no, people bring their babies to me all the time, you know, and it's, I say it's exactly split down the middle. On one hand, the babies, go, they hear my voice and they go, and on the other hand, they hear my voice and they go, <laughs> because they've been hearing me like from in the womb, you know, they've been hearing this huge disembodied sound, you know, and then they see it coming out of this little mouth and they go, ah! You know? So it's, it's 50-50. Yeah, children are great, you know, that's great. They, they respond to vibrations completely without, without a lot of filters, you know, right? But every day, they get more filters, you know. So, right. but, um, but still, these are planting seeds, you know. Every repetition, they say, that every repetition, every single repetition of one of these names is a seed that gets planted in your mind flow, in your life stream.
1: Right.
2: And at the proper time, when the right conditions arise, that seed will start to grow. And it will bring fruit. Mm-hmm. So... It's a great thing, to for uh, children to be exposed to this, but it's not good for them to be beaten with it, you know.
1: Like, no, I'm trying to, yeah. to play, you know, "Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star." He doesn't want to hear it. He's really—I mean, it'll it'll go away eventually. Yeah, I know and the
2: that. kid, the kid is saying to himself, "I took birth to get this fucker to chant." And he wants to hear "Itsy Bitsy <laughs> Spider."
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs>
2: Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. Well. So yeah, it's good. No, just let it go. Don't, you know. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Right there right in front of me with the hand up.
1: Hi. I'm Tammy. Hi. Um I'm just curious about singing in the names and Sanskrit being a vibrational language. Yeah. Is this true?
2: Well, I heard that.
1: (laughs) So I've heard the sound is the meaning.
2: Could be true. I don't know.
1: I sing. I don't think about it.
2: (laughs) I mean, you know, I heard that. They They say Sanskrit is what they call the revealed language. That it, you know, this looks like a harmonium, right? That looks like wood but if you went in there deep enough you'd see molecules and if you went deeper you'd see whatever molecules are made out of and it's all buzzing around it's all vibration there's nothing solid in there so that those vibrations are very basic and they they say that you know ohm is the first sound and it includes the whole universe good ohm it's a whole big thing you know and uh The reason these names are so powerful is that what they are is when some great being went into that or experienced that and then opened their mouths and they said, that. And so that's their way of expressing that. And so what we do is we're just following that that lineage in a sense, that's a vibrational lineage and so Sanskrit and that, that language they spoke was Sanskrit in India. I think there's other languages that are considered also um, vibrational like that, you know. But for me it's about love. It's not about vibrations. I didn't even like the Beach Boys. <laughs> good vibrations, my ass. They were smoking dope and having them. there was no good vibrations there. So it's about love, that's all. It's about love and love. I know if I pay attention and keep coming back out of my thoughts, back to here, that love starts to come up and becomes, I can experience that again. I can enter that room again, that Maharaji. Open the door. Thank you.
3: Yeah, you got uh, it. Hello everybody. Um, my name is Jurina and um, I feel very grateful and very privileged to be here today. Um, I just would like to share with you uh, I work in a palliative care unit and um, oncology, so we take care of the patients who are at the end of life mm-hmm. and um, so i have been uh, I introduce uh, mantras, including your work, Krishna Das, mm-hmm. to our patients and um, it has been uh, such a you know amazing experience um, somebody who is the end of life or somebody who's getting even better Mm -hmm. and um i think um you know reading all the books and all these things are just wonderful but when we from my point of view when we can do something for another person or another being i think that's what really uh, makes me happy and that's what really makes i think life Mm -hmm. worth living yeah um so thank you so much for you know sharing all these mantras and um, and whoever is here today, just take all this beautiful energy and just, you know, make it contagious in this world. Thank you.
2: Yeah, yeah you know, I, I I had a good friend who pulled the plug on his kidney machines listening to me. You know, he just decided he had enough of it. He was... It had to be on like 24/7. You just put the headphones on, pull the plug. It's incredible that I get emails like that. You know, you know I'd like to say that I don't take it personally, so I will say that I don't take it personally. I really, this is Maharajji. This is his blessing, this is his transmission, his love. It goes, you know, through solid wall, like nothing. You know, and it's always present, and it's his blessing to me and to everybody that uh, that we can do these practices and it means something.
4: I yeah. Hi. Where are you? Right here. Where? I'm, oh, right. hey. Hey. I'm Rajni. Uh-huh. Um, so Keseha
2: I have... say hi, bariya? huh? Very good. Thank you. Thank you.
4: <laughs> so I have a couple... I have a kind of a... A list. No, two kind of linked questions. Oh, Okay. One is that, so I'm Indian American, right? So I have the West and the East.
2: You know, I, I, I recently, I went to Long Island and I sang to a group. You know who Dada Vaswani is? He's a beautiful saint. He's like ninety what six or something else. Amazing. So he, had, he, he was asked me to come and sing at this. And there I was in this people's house, it was a huge basement, and there were like a few hundred people like you. And I looked out, and I just burst out laughing. I said, this is the first time I've ever sung to a room of American Indians. <laughs> <laughs> it was wild. It was great. OK. chalo.
4: Chalo. OK. So um, yeah, that's, that's true. So it's funny because. We can relate to both, right? Um, being, being going to India, feeling the Western, feeling you're like, uh, what you know, why don't boil boil all the water and all that, and then yeah, so, you know the other <laughs> side, which is we grew up with a lot of this stuff. Yeah. So my question is more yeah. actually related to the previous question. Um, I'm a medical doctor, and good.
2: We need another doctor in the family.
4: <laughs> and the there's been a push also towards using psychedelic drugs to create this oneness right
2: whenever you start to test i'll give you my number
4: but i had heard yeah. that neem girlie baba actually took lsd or enough, something.
2: he took enough acid to put a horse on the moon
4: i want to hear that story from you
2: <laughs> so i told you the story of when he pulled up in the car right but i didn't tell you what happened when we went in the temple so we're sitting around now most of you know that ramdas when first time he came to india he, when he met Maharaji, Maharaji looked at him and said, "You have medicine." <laughs> See, one of the things, Ram, one of the reasons Ramdas first went to India was because acid had changed his life. It completely changed his life. He owed everything that he knew and felt about the universe to the, to the LSD that he took. But he didn't. But nobody knew what it is. What is it actually? So he thought maybe some people in India would know. So. He went to India, and he would give it to people. Some people would freak out. Some people would say, you got any more? Some people, nothing happened. So, so then he met Maharaji, and Maharaji says to him, you got some medicine? So Ramdas took out some aspirin. He said, nay, the yogi medicine. Ramdas said, he's talking about acid. So he takes out three, three or four pills of acid, and Maharaji takes them and throws them in his mouth. And they sat around all day and nothing happened. And this changed Ramdas's life because nothing happened. He was beyond whatever acid is. He, it was beyond it. So he comes back to America and he's told people about it. You know, and some people said, ah, come on. He threw it over his shoulder. There's no way anybody could take. It. And, you know, he had like maybe 0.5% of doubt that it was possible, Maharaji threw it over his shoulder, you know, I mean, maybe. But really, he didn't believe that, but he did this much. So, okay, so there we are in Vrindavan, and Maharaji's just pulled up in the car, after timing, timing the arrival, and was sitting with him, and Maharaji looks at us and he says, Sam, when you were in India last time, did you give me medicine? Yes. <laughs> did I take it? He knew Ramdas had his doubt, right? And Ramdas said, I think so. Hmm. Got any more? <laughs> yes. Give it to me. So Ramdas puts his hand out with four, three or four or five pills of the, you know, the strongest, most pure essence in the universe. He puts it out there in heart, He went like this. I swear I was sitting right there. He goes like this. <laughs> And then was sitting there for a few minutes. He goes, "Can I drink water? Cold water? Hot water? Bring me water." We drank water. And then after a few minutes, he takes his blanket and he puts it over his head like this, you know. And then he goes, ah. "Ramdas turned purple." And he thought, "Oh my God, I've killed my guru." You know. He. He, he knew I doubted, and he, you know, he wanted to prove he could do it, and now I've killed him. This is terrible, right? So the minute he had that thought in my heart, he just dropped the whole drama. You know. And he laughed. And he said, I'm going to tell you what he said, and you make use of what he said. He said, yogis have known about this for thousands of years. It used to grow up in the Kulu Valley, up in the mountains. A yogi would go up to the mountains he would, bring, he would quiet down, he would do asana, he would do yama, niyama, asana, pranayama, bring his mind to one point, then he would take the soma and go through the door. That's what he said, all you Ashtanga yogi teachers. You are teaching people how to take LSD. Anyway, he said that and then he said for a, for a yogi who's who's who knows god no poison can affect him and just we just hung out with him all day It was no business as usual nothing
4: do you, do you think that the because there is like a there is like people who are doing more of that to reach altered states of consciousness would you classify that as escapism
2: no i would classify it as uh Wishful thinking. Anything you do with your personal will to generate some altered state, you'll always know you did that. And it's you that has to go. So you might have, uh, you, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for LSD and peyote. There's no way. I took peyote for the first time when I was in high school. And I said, oh, this is the way things are. It was no doubt in my mind that what I was seeing was the way it is, and the way I had been living on Long Island was completely ridiculous. But after like you know five or six hours, I was ridiculous myself again. So, but I had seen through the I had seen through the veil, and it changed my life. I couldn't get there by myself, and so I found more drugs to take, more psychedelic drugs to take. But after a while, I just kind of I got to a place where I actually couldn't be in a room with another human being because I felt everything about them. It was like there was no covering over me anymore. I had just blitzed it with all the acid, you know? And um, so I went off to live in the mountains in Pennsylvania all by myself with my dogs and my cat. Here's a funny story. So I had gotten, when I got to, to Stony Brook from high school Another friend of mine from high school was also going to Stony Brook, and he managed to score a whole bunch of Sandoz acid. Sandoz is the company that uh, created the first acid, you know, and it was still legal then, by the way. So I got 10 hits from him, 10 tabs, 10 little capsules. So when I took the first, I split the first capsule with a friend of mine, and we jumped off the cliffs. At the end of Long Island, you know, and we're flying and then we land. Anyway, the next 9,000 micrograms of acid, I took all by myself. One, So by the last hit, I was alone in the mountains of Pennsylvania. I just moved myself. I had a job. I had a car. I played basketball. I was going to classes. By the 10th hit, I was alone in the mountains of Pennsylvania. So I met the guy at my 50th high school reunion not too long ago I met the guy I got the acid from and I said hey man how are you great you know that acid I got from you all back by the 10th hit I was up in the mountains of Pennsylvania on my way to India he said oh really I took thousands of hits and I never got off of Long Island (laughs) praise the Lord isn't that amazing it's just karma it's just karma it's just karma that's it it's just karma Right? it's just gone some people take acid and nothing happens they get stupider some people get, take acid and wind up whatever but these chemicals can definitely open up subtler planes but that's not liberation it, but it definitely shows you there's something else going on here that is depending on how you're uh, sitting inside yourself that will affect you in a certain kind of way so, you know, also, these days, I don't know if the acid's the way it was in the old days, even. I don't know if it's pure like that. I, I don't know. So, but um, well, I had an uncle who went to England to do acid psychotherapy. They were doing that back in the 60s or 50s, even. And he just turned completely crazy. He, was, he just lost it totally.
4: They're starting to do studies here. Wonderful. With that,
2: yeah. so more people can go crazy. No, it could be good. You know, there's a lot more understanding of it now, and and the people who are doing it probably did it themselves, so they know a little bit more about what's going on. Can you imagine sitting around a room with people in white coats staring at you while you're like on? No, I don't think I'd like that. Huh? Uh huh. Oh boy. Anyway, it can be useful, but Maharaj just said it's for beginners. So, you know, it's beginners. It shows you there's something else going on. But what that is, you have to find yourself. And if you do too much of that stuff, it weakens your will, it weakens your ability to. To, uh, to move in the real direct the direction that you really want to move in it 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 spaces you out in a kind of way and you you lose an ability to get to where you have to go if you do nothing good that's my opinion i don't know it's not very I'm not a doctor doctor
4: um, so in terms of just this is a, more of a, on a spiritual level question the will how does Maharaji talk about like the devotee's will to move towards freedom and the importance of that versus saying, like there's a lot of people who will say, oh, well, God will handle it so I'm not going to mm-hmm. do anything about this problem.
3: Yeah.
2: It's not exactly like that. You know, there's, what happens is people mix up something. There's, Ultimate reality, which is the way things are, which is there's only one of us in this room. That's the way it is. I'm sorry. All one. There's only one of us in this room. There's only one of us in the whole universe. Then there's relative reality, which is you and me and everybody else being, experience ourselves as separate beings. That's called illusion. That's called ego, the separate sense of self. You can't mix up the two. The rules for ultimate reality are different than the rules for relative reality. It's like you go to a different country, you drive on the different side of the road. If you drive on the other side of the road, forget it. You're history. So you have to recognize how it works. You You can't apply the rules of ultimate reality to relative reality. Relative reality, you stop at the red and go at the green. If you don't, you're history. Ultimate reality, there's nobody that ever lived or ever died. But if you're experiencing that directly, it's not something you think about. You've become it. You are the red light. You are the green light. You are the driver of the car. What could happen? What could happen is what's supposed to happen. There's no personal will necessary at all in directing it. I don't know if that's clear. You can't just say, God's going to handle it. Because you're not, that's the ultimate reality you're still somebody who needs to do a lot of things. And that's, that's not using your will. And that's, that's crippling yourself. And that's making yourself, uh, putting yourself in a situation of being a victim to forces that you might be able to deal with if you were paying attention. So, you can't mess them up. You have to learn how they both work. But Ultimate reality or oneness is not something to think about. It's 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 what we finally recognize as the truth. In the meantime, there's a lot of things that are helpful and not helpful, and they have to. Each one of us has to find out what what those things are for us ourselves.
4: So just so from what I'm getting is like so you initially you have your will to move towards that. Mm -hmm. place of unitedness where everybody everything is one yoga like that idea Mm -hmm. but then but to move to it you do need to have you do need to move your
2: let's put it this way if you think you have choices to make make the choices when you're in the space that it's all fine it's all one there's nobody to think about anything You, you simply are a vehicle for the Lord for God for the divine working through you there's nobody in there making decisions. For instance, one time Ram Dass got really, really angry and upset. And he came to Maharaji and he sits down and he says, Maharaji, I want you to raise my kundalini. <laughs> you know, which means he said, do me. Just hit the button, get me out of here. I'm gone, you know. Maharaji looked at him and he said, oh, I don't know anything about that. Yeah, you go see Muktananda. He knows. He'll do that for you. Yeah. Ramdas got angrier, right? And he says, No, Maharaji, I want you to raise my Kundalini. I don't know anything. Sai Baba, you go see Sai Baba. He'll do that. Yeah, he can do that. Yeah, he'll do. You go. Ramdas got angry. He said, No, I want you to raise my Kundalini. So Maharaji gets up, throws his blanket over his shoulder. He's about to go back into his room. He looks down at Ramdas and he said, I only know two things. Ra and Ma. He's become Hanuman. He's become God. There's no one in there. All he knows is Rama, 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 Rama. There's nobody thinking. There's nobody planning. There's nobody making decisions. This is a state of absolute enlightenment. This is not where we live, we have a different address. So we can't pretend. Pretending gets you in trouble. I know people who stepped off the cliffs in Nepal and died because they thought they were God. I can float. No problem. Gone. Yeah. So we have to deal with what we have to deal with. We can't pretend we're not who we are, who we think we are. Of course, we're not, but we can't pretend that we know that. You have to be real. You have to be who you are. You have to be honest. We have to be honest with ourselves about who we are and who we're not, what our limitations are, what we really want out of life, and, and then go after it. You. Another thing about will, right? So once I was sitting in the jungle with this old Baba, he was 163 at the time. He's still alive. He's probably about 186 or something. like that. Really. I mean, he once looked at me and said, You remember when Lincoln was shot? Oh, no, you wouldn't remember that. That's okay. We read about it in the papers, he said. And he had finished his 12-year Ayurvedic course in Benares sometime in the 1890s. He couldn't remember exactly. So he was sitting with me, and he looked at me. And he went, hmm. He was, like, looking right through me. He said, you have to develop Icha Shakti. Itcha means desire. Shakti means power. And two together, essentially, is willpower. The, the, the ability and the power to go after what you want and get it in your life. And I was doing nothing at that time, right? And when he said that to me, I, my first thought was, what do I need that for? But before I even finished the thought, he did something... And he showed me what he was seeing in me. And I went, (coughs) I went, oh my goodness. And I saw that I was like that. Oh, God will do this, God will do that, everything will be fine, everything will be and meanwhile I was suffering. And I wasn't going after the things I wanted in life. I wasn't I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't singing. I wasn't Meditating, I wasn't doing anything. I was just, really, it was a, long, a big period in my life that I was very, um, what time is it? I wasn't doing anything. And uh, he saw that and he showed me, and he showed me what it looked like. And the minute I saw it, I knew what I had to do. I It, it motivated me to start living in a different way. And, uh, you know, part of that was when Maharaji died, I was so destroyed that I... I absolutely believe that I would never be happy again. I would never be happy. Luckily, I was wrong, but don't tell it to her. She's not listening. Anyway, so will is very important. And we don't really have a lot of willpower. We're not really in touch with motivating ourselves to get what we want in life. Some part of us just feels we don't deserve it. We're not worthy of it. We're not good enough. We don't deserve love. We can't find it. It'll never happen. We tell ourselves these stories and we suffer. So in relative reality, you better go for it, or you ain't gonna get it. And ultimate reality, you worry about that later. Anyway, write me a script, okay? <laughs>